Welcome to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week's episode recorded live from the stage of Talia Hall in Chicago at Maximum Fund's first ever very, very fun day. Here's the deal. My son, Curtis Thorne, was born just before we did this show, so I was not allowed by my wife, quite reasonably, to get on an airplane and fly to Chicago to do my dumb comedy show. So, luckily, the brilliant guest bailiff, Gene Gray, was kind enough to fill in for me. Our musical guest on the program is Saba. His performances were amazing. If you're listening with kids, just know there's some strong language in there. Anyway, let's go to this stage for some Chicago-style justice. That means it has sport peppers on it. Tonight's case, seeking redress. Becky brings a case against her husband, Allie. When Allie hits a profitable streak at work, he re-wears the same outfit until his luck ends. <laughs> Becky wants him to stop this superstitious practice. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. I'm wearing my lucky shoes from today till Sunday, Judge John Hodgman says from his bus last Wednesday. At the moment, his pockets contain his lucky compass, his lucky feather from a tribal leader, and lucky penny flattened in his wallet. When Judge John Hodgman once misplaced his feather, there was a momentary panic in the courtroom until his bailiff found it in one of his suits. Bailiff Jean Grey, please swear them in. Becky and Allie, please raise your right hands. Thank you. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Good job. Do you swear to abide by Judge Hodgman's ruling, even though he thinks Chirac is a good movie? <laughs> Think about it. Yes. All right. You've made a choice. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Uh, Becky and Allie, you may be seated. Audience, you may be seated. For an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, can either of you... What? Did you bring a bottle of Malort into my courtroom, sir? Two bottles? Guilty. Are you attempting to bribe this court? Because if you are, I'm not sure you know how bribes work. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Hold on. For immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, can either of you name the piece of culture that I referenced as I came into this courtroom? Allie, you are the defendant. You get to either guess first or uh, make Becky guess first and then guess second, which is your choice. I have no idea, so I'll guess first. I Good. have no idea. I like, you know what? I like your style. And also, stop talking to each other. What is your guess? I have no idea. You have to make a guess. The Great Gatsby. The Great Gatsby. It's obviously not. I just. The Great Gatsby. You never. You know what? You never know. I'm pretty sure. It's true that you never know. I do know, but I'll put it in the guest book for now. We have a new electric guest book. Now, Becky. Um. Who do you know who carries a lucky feather? Given to him by a tribal... I get a hint. It's him. By a tribal leader. Um, Ooh. I'm not feeling good about it, but I'm going to guess uh, the children's book, Alexander, who used to be rich until last Sunday, by Judith Fjord. That was... Wow. The, mo the, the heaviest buzz marketing I've ever... <laughs> Is that your friend? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, what, just, why, what is that book and why do you choose that? Um, if, if, uh, if you know um, Alexander, who had a, <laughs> she's a children's author. I'm a, I'm a Chicago public school teacher. Here it goes. 
What grade, what grade do you teach? I teach at a public Montessori for now. I find um, in your favor. <laughs> so, uh, four through six, and that author wrote Alexander, who had a terrible, horrible, no, no good, very, very bad, bad terrible day. day. So that's the, and yeah. so now you're pulling the sequel. Yeah. That's exactly. the deepest cut of all time. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a sequel to that book. Oh, there is. You see what I'm up against here. <laughs> yeah, I can see what a yeah. monster your wife is. <laughs> Teaching children and promoting children's literature. <laughs> what do you do for a living, sir? I'm an options trader. Yeah, there we go. Total. I am 100% on your side, by the okay. way. It's so stupid. Allie, we're all on your side. Or I would say half of us. I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt right. it. Fair no, enough. I'm, I got an uphill. Uh, well, let me put that into the guest book. Boop, 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 boop. And the guest computer, boop, boop, boop. Oh, guys, uh, it's doing the analysis. And uh, I'm getting a message back. And uh, it's saying, all guesses are wrong. You're completely wrong. How could you not have recognized that piece of prose from the Washington Post? <laughs> Dated February 19, year 2000. How would it... What was happening on February 19 in the year 2000? You know? Okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> because, because looking around blankly doesn't work on podcasts. <laughs> it was a run-up to the South Carolina Republican primary, presidential primary. Who carries a lucky feather in his pocket who wanted to be president? A couple of times. That's right, John McCain. <laughs> You don't remember this? John McCain, well into the 2008 presidential election, was still carrying around this dumb feather. <laughs> it was reported on, and I'm like, that's why I want Barack Obama to be president, because I believe in science. <laughs> I don't want a president walking around with a magic feather, because the whole, the, the crux of this, until I discover a new crux, is that Ali wears the same clothes when he's on a winning streak doing his uh, options trading. Is that correct? Correct. So if you're making money, you don't, want to, you don't want to change your clothes. Correct. Go ahead, Becky. All of the same clothes, Judge. So I, not just his shirt and, and jacket. His, right. His underwear, his socks, his long underwear. Where? <laughs> it's Chicago. It's cold. Yeah, it's cold. Uh, is the, are you currently wearing a winning outfit or a losing outfit? It's the weekend. So that... That could mean anything. It, nothing. I, I haven't worn this since my sister's wedding. You look... By the it's, way, I like, your September. I like your loafers. Those are nice. Thank you. I like, your, I like your look. Thank you. What do you wear when you're options trading? Casual. Like what? What are you talking about? There are, you look around here, you can see there are a lot of okay. definitions of cash. Oh, let the record show <laughs> that Becky is going for a pair of safety gloves... I, uh, I did not realize evidence was going to be entered into this case, but she has brought with her a Mary Poppins bag, and she is going to pull out. I see. Uh, hmm. And she's got. This is all for oh, show. A mask. This is such crap. Oh my! I, oh she's my putting goodness. the mask on. I'm not sure I can allow. Objection! I'm not sure I can allow this kind of theatrics. Um, the, the, Objection! The court told me I could supply olfactory evidence. You're supplying olfactory oh, evidence. evidence. Anyway. Uh, she's brought out clothing oh. in a Ziploc bag, in the, including his underthings. I actually feel like I saw weird dust flying off of those. Mm -hmm. And she's produced mm, tongs. She's holding them with tongs. Are, Becky, are you sure you're, you're not in the theater? And she has taken out the underpants. Well, I am a teacher. So That's right. Well, you are schooling us <laughs> right now. So tell me, because there is an audio component to this, can you list off what is in the bag, please? Yes. Um, what I have brought are a selection, and because of recent national events, he hasn't had any really good long streaks. So... Since the oh my day God, Allie, are you still there? I can't see you. You seem to be in the shade. 
no, I will. No, this is. I don't understand why she's presenting this. This week was one of the worst weeks of my life. Like, oh, I'm sorry. This has nothing to do with anything here. These have been worn maybe twice. So like, this is not the lucky outfit? Are you kidding me? These could be burned, and uh, I have a no, feeling there's someone nothing. who can help you here with that. Yeah, Let fine. the record show that Becky is attempting to enter into evidence a pair of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles long johns. Which she bought me. Which she bought him. For How? Hanukkah. For Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't want to see that underwear anymore. Please put that away. It is adorable that you bought him that. Allie, you are an options trader. Let me un understand this. When you hit a winning streak, you continue to wear the same clothes that you were wearing when you hit the streak, correct? All of it. Excuse me, Becky. Becky, Becky, please. Are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles long underwear winner garb or loser garb? She's indicating There is no particular significance attached to any piece of clothing. Right. Right. Those could be part of a winning streak in the future. You never know. But it's not <laughs> that I... That's why I'm I have like, to keep all my clothes all the time. It's not like I wake up and like, damn, I need, uh, I need some luck today. Let me look, put on my lucky... No, no, uh, I understand. But have, have the TMNT... TMT you know, the turtle. The turtles. Well, yeah, okay. Why is it that you guys have been drinking from 11? And not only do you know what the acronym for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is, but you don't say drinking from 11. What's wrong with me? Why am I saying all words wrong? Okay. Because we're from Chicago. Were you, yeah, that's right. Were you, have, have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles long underwear ever been part of a winning uh, ensemble? Yes or no, sir? I don't think so. No, I, I refuse to admit the evidence. No, but okay, but then why did you wear them for the last three days, uninterrupted, with the same underwear underneath, sir? I'll so, allow that question. Yes. <laughs> yes. False. Fake false. news? Fake news? 100% false. Becky, I you're wore those as pajamas no. the last couple no. nights. No. No, Becky, the, make your case, or I'm going to throw your evidence out into has, the audience. He has, worn, <laughs> he has worn them to work and back and forth for the last three days, including a weekend day, which is unacceptable. Becky, this undermines your entire case. Be, because Ali just said that this has been a terrible week for him. This is not a winning week. So this is not streak underwear. This is just laziness. Well, I'm sure part. at this point, it's streaked underwear. <laughs> False. I don't know. Yes or no, Becky? He did have two good days in a row, which he admitted to when I questioned him. He has been wearing this long underwear as part of that two-day of goodness. Judge, what are you... Oh. I do not like being toyed with in my own courtroom. You're here to make a case. This is prejudicial. It's this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles underwear being worn by a man. <laughs> Either this supports your case or it doesn't. It so it. I'll put it to you, Allie. Are these, is this winner wear or loser wear? Ne this has, no, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Fine, fine catch by the lady in the that second row. That was a great row. catch. Let the record show. I have thrown that underwear into the crowd. And I have never been happier in my life. Where it was grabbed eagerly. I didn't like what you were just trying to pull there with your May gloves. May I give those back? How dare you? How dare you? If you were at the Q&A today with all the fine Max Fun listeners, people said, have you detected any trends in the Judge John Hodgman podcast? Any trends? This may be. We are on the verge of releasing our 300th episode. 300! That's 300 points of data that I have, and those points all arrange on a scatter graph to show a fairly clear inclination, a fairly clear line, pointing directly towards two conclusions. In a heteronormative marriage or committed relationship, 
almost 100% of the time, the woman is correct and the man is a monster. <laughs> it's almost never not happened. Sometimes I put my thumb on the scale, hoping dude isn't gonna be a monster. But then the scale goes, get out of here, thumb. <laughs> and the data also points to the conclusion that weird dads are not aware of how weird they are. <laughs> which makes for podcasting. So you can appreciate, Becky, how sympathetic this court was to your plight, because A, the court believes in science, and B, don't wear the same clothes all the time. <laughs> but then you came in here with your, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit theatrics. <laughs> you went too far. <laughs> Allie. Do you, when did this start with you wearing the outfit? Don't worry, we, can, we, can, edit, we can edit around your long, It's long probably in pause. 2008 when I got to this new company. This was not an issue, or uh, I was terrible at my old company, so I, uh, I never had the opportunity to do anything like this. No, about 2008. About 2008? Yeah, so and January 2008. Do you remember what you were wearing at the time you, you hit you hit the, uh, what happens in options trading when you do a good job? Money falls into your account. All right, when you got a money fall, <laughs> when you hit your big money fall, and you're like, damn, it must be the clothes. <laughs> like what, what was the calculation that led you to start wearing the same clothes? Well, it was two books, actually. I read a book called The Black Swan by Nassim Taleb. Sure. And then uh, there was Jim Cramer's autobiography, and they both talk about uh, the role of luck in trading, you know, whether or not you assign just random, a random value to a random occurrence. So Nassim Taleb was talking about how one day he got dropped off uh, at the wrong uh, corner by the cab. Sure. Had a massive day and found himself the next day being asked to drop off at the same wrong corner. Uh, Jim Cramer used to have a lucky t-shirt that when he would go on streaks, he would wear the same shirt. And the thing about trading is, I've been trading for 15 years. Um, I would say- You know, say, you have a supporter. Yeah, there you thank, go. Thank you. Really like it, trading. I, I'm not a supporter. Um, so that's 750 weeks. I would say more than 100% of the money I've ever made has come in 2% of those weeks. And those are not in any way predictable, linear. I have gone months with not only not making any money, but losing money actively hand over fist, right? Mm -hmm. And there are very few people I would guess in here that went to work on Friday and came home with significantly less money than they came. I wouldn't be too with. sure. As a result of going to work. <laughs> Again. <laughs> so, you yeah, know, I think there are a lot of teachers out there. <laughs> But no, I, I, I find that fascinating. So you're saying that your money-making weeks make up about 2% of your lifetime career. Is Absolutely. That so, that's, yeah. so that is a, a, a black swan event. A hundred percent, yes. And, I am a... and so do you believe that changing your behavior, like I'm going to wear the same clothes every day that I'm making money, actually has an effect upon your ability to make money? No, it's a matter of confidence. It's... Well, that's what I mean. Like, you do think that it affects your confidence? Yes, absolutely. And does, and does that affect your trading and your decision? 100%, yes. 100%. Yes. Like, when, you know, she entered it into the original complaint. When she goes and tries to throw my stuff in the laundry, I get extremely upset if I've had a good day because who the hell knows? Like, I waited. I do. From 2000. I yeah. So I waited I mean, three years between large windfalls. Um, from 2008, Excuse and me, there sir, was the term, the term is money fall. Money <laughs> falls, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was trying not to bring sports into this because I figured that my bailiff and my, and my uh, judge were not sympathetic, so I would equate it to um, being a comedian. You work constantly, but your money falls are, I would imagine the contract from Apple for being PC was a significant part of, no, it's absolutely true. No, John Hodgman's wife. I will allow the defendant to get real. <laughs> that being PC or being a correspondent on <laughs> The Daily Show are much more significant to your lifestyle overall. The 
your current, your numerative lifestyle than um, even the weekly podcast. Yeah, I would, I would venture to say that the, that the, the payment I received for being on television ads was dramatically greater than the payment I received for writing about cheese for Men's Journal. You're absolutely right on there. And the payment I received for five weeks in 2011 was 50% of my net worth. Yeah, wow. So I find it fascinating that, that such a bulk of your income uh, is derived by such a short period of time in your career. And I appreciate the volatility of the work you do, and I can appreciate why that might derange your mind. No, I 100% agree. No, it's, it's not, it's a very difficult case to make, but it's just as stupid as Reggie Wayne eating chicken soup before every NFL game for 14 years. Is it's this just that sports that, reference you were? Yeah, all right. So you, so you were gonna include it anyway. I was, it was okay. the, the well, I, I wanted to get the chicken soup in there. I feel a little bit lied to. What? <laughs> Becky, what damages is this causing in your personal life and your life together as a couple? Well, I mean, to be blunt, it's an impediment to intimacy, especially since he chooses to shower in the morning, not in the evening. So even when he comes home and changes into his pajamas, which, you know, shame on me for bringing his nighttime three-day worn long johns, which I've confused with his daytime three-day worn long johns, but... That's the, kind, that's the kind of mis mistake that loses court cases. Uh, judge, if that I That glove may. should never have been entered into evidence. Judge, if, if I may? Yeah. Uh, I, I just wanted to ask, because it, it felt like uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful thing that happened in the moment, but a visual thing, and just for the audience, but I wanted to show for the record, that when Becky started uh, describing the intimacy, uh, Ali turned his mic down very, very slowly. <laughs> In front of him. No, 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 I mutter. I didn't want anything getting cut. Sure, 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 Purely coincidental. Yeah, no, it's true. 100% coincidence. It's fine. I just, I just, well, I don't... Certain clothes increase confidence, certain conversations decrease confidence. If you see something, I'll you know. I mean, I mean, nobody, it's a family podcast, but nobody wants to get physically proximate to somebody who's mm. been wearing the same You're saying, you're saying he, smel he smells bad. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, permission to smell the, the defendant. But he's been freshly showered, and he's wearing clothing that, as he himself admitted, he has not worn since his sister's wedding, which he himself officiated. So, again, I'm not saying false flag, but this is not his typical garb. I smell great. <laughs> That's true. Hang on one moment. I'll be the judge. Neutral. Uh, Judge Hodgman is now sniffing. Uh, I'm getting, you wear a fragrance? I do. What is it? Go ahead, buzz market it. Really? Yeah. It's Allure by uh, Chanel. Allie, I like your style. Thank you. <laughs> now I'm gonna smell this bag of old clothes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> He has put his entire head in the bag. Not bad. It smells like a lure by Chanel. It does not. Allie, how do you feel when your wife says she doesn't want to be intimate with you when you uh, come home stinking? I think the solution is to tell me to take a shower when I get home. I do. Lie. No. Whoa. False. First of all, maybe she thinks it. False. Let me, if I may, unpack this for a moment. Not only have you accused your wife of being a liar, but also you have admitted that you are unable to take a shower until someone tells you to do it. Not the best. Were you, <clears throat> just staying within the realm of superstition and fantasy, were you cursed by a witch <laughs> such that you are unable to initiate a shower yourself? I shower every morning. I, I don't understand. But you now know, and you seem to have known, that she would prefer that you shower at the end of the day. I did not know that, and I can do that every day from now on. Oh. Lies. Oh. Lies. Maybe there are communication issues within your marriage. Do you guys talk to each other or just show each other clothes with tongs and hope that 
hope that the meaning gets across. We, we play Scrabble occasionally, too. Have you ever tried to spell out your problems on the board? It's a good idea. In eight tiles. So no, what's the latter, you, by the way. What would you have me order, Becky, if I were to find in your favor of your husband? I, at this point, I am so beleaguered and beaten down that I, I, I initially all I wanted was for him to at least change his undergarments, which in Chicago includes his long underwear. But I really like my in my ideal world, he would change. Period. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Or I would happily wash it every night and he could wear it again the next day and I would do it in a whatever fashion enabled him to be confident that the magic had not worn off of it. Allie, is there, is there a way to wash your winning garments uh, such that it doesn't wash the magic away? Is there some, is there some crystal or sage burning you can do in the laundry room that would keep the magic in there if I were to... Honestly, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess I could agree to some of that if maybe the socks and the, and the underwear. But let me just specify that Ali has told me that this does not, I mean, that it, it, he has very few winning weeks. No, no, no. Just recently, he had a five-week stretch in yeah. the summer of 2010. Five weeks in the summer. Summer, no In the less. summer of 2010. It's 2011. 2011. A. B, she was not here. She was in Israel. Yeah, no, because otherwise I wouldn't have allowed it to continue. <laughs> you were chased way. across the globe by his smell. <laughs> is it his smell or is it a lure for men by Chanel? Or maybe you're confused. Well, like, a, and a, as wonderful as that cologne is, it's not a cloaking device for everything else that's happening underneath. Okay, but that was 2011. What was the last streak you had? Of? I like uh, the guy back there going, that's six years. Like, <laughs> so that was by good far math, the I could actually, good I could actually hear your pencil scraping on the pad as you figured that out. But, as but I can't say T-M-T- no. T M N T. T M N T. Just leave it alone. T M T. Mutant. T Mutant. T M N T. Where is my Where is my malort? Okay. There, you, I earned you, this. You deserve a shot after that. Congrats. Okay. So when was the last winning streak of any of any meaningful length? Of any consequence. Um, more than one day is a streak of more than one consequence because he's wearing underwear. Becky, I'm just trying to get some information. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's heated for me. I have to sleep in the same bed with you. I think the last time I got to wear clothes for a week... Where I got to wear clothes for ...was... Wow. Unfortunately, the day after the election. Oh. I would gladly give it back to go back in time. Okay. I think I've heard everything I need in order to make my decision. Uh, I am going to, uh, I don't have chambers here, so I'm just going to uh, Everyone turn away. <laughs> Close your eyes. You know what, Allie? I don't appreciate interruptions. But that was a pretty good joke. I like that. <laughs> that was a good one. I have this new space-age podium, and I'm going to hide behind it, and no one will be able to see it. <laughs> Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom, and no one can see him. At all. Not at all. Um, you guys can be seated. I, I just wanted to chat with you for, for a second, and you guys can, 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 uh, can sit down as well. Sit down, everybody. Sit down. <laughs> I'm doing what I want. He's not here. <laughs> um, how, do, how do you guys feel that that went? Do you feel like you got some things resolved at all? I was, I was honestly disappointed the judge didn't ask what I wanted, what, uh -huh. what kind of ruling I would have wanted, because honestly, I'm willing to compromise on a significant part of, of this dispute. Um, Jeez, uh -huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bailiff, Jean Grey. Who yes. said would that? You, who, you, who said that? Hello. I am, I am the ghost in this theater. <laughs> Bailiff Jean Grey, will you kindly ask Allie what you would like me to rule if I were to find him his favor? Uh, Allie, what, what, do you, what would you like the what, what was the question again? 
Just what feed would me the you line. like Judge would, John Hodgman to rule? What would you like Judge John Hodgman to rule if he were to find, were to find, find in your favor? In your favor. Good acting, Jane. Thank you. Well, when I first walked in, I was going to take a really hard line stance. I was going to say, stop biting the hand that feeds you and never mention it again. But that is, that I, is I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a short suggestion before the judge comes back. Um, because this is kind of my time, and, and so you guys don't boo. But I, I, I want you to understand that no matter what uh, Judge Hodgman rules today, um, just coming from me, I want you to understand the magic's not in the clothes. It's inside of you. Uh, Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. I didn't get to answer. You may be seated. Allie. It occurred to me while I was in my chambers. <laughs> They're very far from here. I know. I know. I've really, you know, now that I have this new space age chamber podium. <laughs> yeah. Podium chambers. Podium chambers. <laughs> I've, I've really decked it out nicely in there. Yeah. yeah. Everything is made of frosted lucite. Really? Yeah. You got a bar? Oh, yeah. I got a frosted lucite bar. Cool. Got a, got a frosted lucite chair. A panther? I, I got a lot of... <laughs> yeah. I got one of those rare frosted lucite panthers. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Got a lot of frosted lucite law books that I was reading. <laughs> And as I was turning those frosted lucite pages, looking for precedent in this case, it occurred to me, I didn't ask Allie what, what he would like me to rule, should I find in his favor. And I think I remember I sent you a frosted lucite message through my frosted lucite pneumatic emergency tube, communication tube. And, uh, and it, it seemed to me as though uh, you asked him and he said, uh, uh, a horribly mean and misogynist thing. So yeah, I, I yeah. It, it was, in my defense, it I was not uh, I was not allowed to finish. I I it occurred to me. We we feel like you were finished. It occurred, <laughs> if I might. It occurred to might. me. Sorry, Allie. Let me let me give you a chance and ask the question I should have asked. What would you have me rule if I were to find in your favor? Think carefully about how you answer. No. If give, the, she wants, give the answer that you really think you ought to give. No. If she wants me to shower every day when I get home, and if she's willing to commit to washing the underwear and socks, fine. I am 100% behind that. I'll have order. No booing. Thank you for, thank you for that answer. Um, I, am now I am now prepared to... Excuse me. Ooh, hissing. Someone today here at Very, Very Fun Day said, how, how do you manage to get to the bottom of these cases, sometimes very fraught, sometimes full of feeling, with such um, an open mind and lack of judgmentalness and, and of kindness and love? And I say, you have misinterpreted my show. <laughs> Obviously, I am judging people. It's in the name of the show. <laughs> While I do judge monstrosity when I see it and order redress, the fact that you think that I offer love and generosity to all parties is because the fact is, I love you, Allie, and I love you, Becky. <laughs> Let us all approach each other with that love and open-mindedness. You do not need to hiss this dude. Let me do it with my words. <laughs> and we got more justice to deliver. So I will say this. Allie, you are not wrong when you assessed uh, the state of my fortunes before <laughs> the computer ads, during the computer ads, and now in the dark bleak nearly 10 years since the computer ads. When long, cold years spent staring down the last times in my life, staring down the future years of my life that have no consequence or relevance or purpose 
until at last fate will release its grip on me and give me to death. Where am I? But you're not wrong. I think it was interesting that you brought that up because of the feeling uh, that I definitely had during that period of time that it was so un unlikely and unexpected and unsought that I would be asked to audition for those ads and then get the job that I felt every, every day that I worked on those ads as though I had won some kind of crazy lottery. And how would I keep it going? And I can appreciate that when uh, one's work is so mercurial uh, that you feel uh, extra fraudulent and undeserving, uh, which I do, uh, that you might appeal to um, a more superstitious nature. And in fact, you know, something happened which I cannot forget. I wore uh, the same glasses and bogus luxury wristwatch in all of those ads. I still own the glasses. They were mine to begin with. That's how dorky my glasses were at the time. <laughs> the watch I no longer have, but I remember very distinctly on the last day that we shot in January of 2010. How many years ago was that, sir? You, you, you're pretty good at that. Seven, seven years wow. ago. Yeah, it's amazing, right? No abacus these or kids, anything. These kids don't mess around. <laughs> and I got back to my trailer to change and go home, and I just had a very distinct feeling that that was it that we weren't gonna come back. And there were many times over the course of the campaign where they were like, I think this might be it. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. And then sometimes I thought, maybe. But this time I really felt like, yeah, there's nowhere, this is the end. And I looked at, the, as I took off the watch, I realized it was a watch face, it was an analog watch face. It didn't have numbers, but it had little golden pips, you know, where the numbers should be. And they had all fallen off and he gathered in the bottom of the, of the watch that day. And I was like, this is a sign. <laughs> and I burst into tears. And, Ju and Justin came back and I said, this is the end. And he said, I think so too. And we hugged. And I've never seen him or spoken to him again. <laughs> Why? Why have I never seen or spoken to Justin? Because I fear if I see him or talk to him, then Apple might not call us back. <laughs> no, that's not true. I see him all the time. But, and, I, and I love him. But there is an element. If you work in a job where it's, it's feast, 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 and then famine for a long time, you, it drives you crazy. It drives you crazy. And you, let the record show he's, he's nodding. But I am here to tell you that you are not a fraud, uh, that your confidence... Uh, emanates from you. Uh, I think that's the same person who wooed him for being an he options was. trader. Are you a colleague or something? And as, as difficult as that might be to believe, I do believe that it is true. That said, I think that you are causing your wife undue harm uh, by smelling bad. <laughs> I think that that needs to cease. Uh, I think that y while I appreciate that that two percent of your time spent in your career is, you know, is responsible for fifty percent of your net worth and therefore your wife's net worth as well, that is a that is a dark path to travel down to hold your financial success over your wife's. So don't do that. I'm not saying. I mean, I trust. I trust. Look, I trust Becky can do the math. She's a public. She's a public Montessori school teacher. <laughs> she, she doesn't need to be reminded that you make more money than she does, all right? <laughs> so I wouldn't travel down that path. And if it helps you to, uh, to stay on a good path uh, and feel good about yourself to play a game where you wear the same clothes when you're, when you're on a winning streak, I see no harm in it so long as you don't smell bad. And for that reason, I am going to give you something very special. Here's something I don't admit to much on the podcast. I am magic. <laughs> I am not merely a famous minor television personality <laughs> and renowned podcast host. 
but also an immortal wizard. <laughs> None of you may reveal my true nature, but I am going to give you a magic uh, spell. And I'm going to touch your head, and I'm going to say, Allie, you're not going to win all the time. In fact, you're going to lose most of the time. It's the nature of your job. If you're on a winning streak and you want to wear the same clothes, that's fine. But I am giving you a magic spell, and I'm giving that magic spell also to your wife, and I'm giving that magic spell also to your washing machine. <laughs> that ma washing machine is now magic. And not only will it not take away the magic of your clothes, it will double the magic. I have removed my hand from Allie's forehead. Let the record show that my palm now smells like a lure for men by Chanel. Yes. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Thank you to John Barr for naming this case, to Becky and Allie. Thanks for being on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you guys very much. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join, and you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura, A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad. And I got one for my mother-in-law. And it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Gene... Yep. What the people of Chicago do not know because they've never seen a live Judge Hodgman Yeah, right. Is that this is not just judgment, this is also entertainment. We have a musical guest for you tonight. That's right. I am very excited to welcome our musical guest to the stage. He is from 
the west side of what city? Chicago. I think. His bucket list project was named by Rolling Stone as the 12th best hip-hop album of 2016. He's about to headline on a tour across the United States. And where else? Canada. Please welcome to stage, Saba. What's going on, Chicago? So my name is Saba, as you said, I'm from the west side of Chicago. <laughs> Pivot game. Can I get a, can I get the track? A little, and a monitor, yeah. I wanna, it's gonna be real quick, it's gonna be real quick, we're gonna get right back into it. But I just wanna, you know what I'm saying, rock with y'all one time. Where's your head? Where's your soul, your heart? Where's your love, your care? Where's your life, your Ah, ah, ah. Look, I can be so lonely, glad we're rolling heaven. Man, he can count a dollar, couldn't count a blessing. Hey, where's your head, you necklace for a fucking necklace? Ooh, put that shit on record, bet they get the message. Just like after the beat, where my rap on my sleeve, where my heart on my tongue, where you think that I speak from his blood on my teeth. Like a hot nigga, we oppose. I'm at the crib playing ill, so drop down on the meter alone. The same school fucking me, dropping college, collect like an artist. I'm an artist, problem, what you call it? I'm an artist, artist, so they honor. Oh, we fighting fast like Ryan Artest. I'm the coldest out, I'm so Arctic. And I'm from the same place to suck. Come from and I run shit like Sonic. Put my songs in all of my Sonic. Where's your soul, Where's your love, your Where's your Make you forget that we're all is famished. They only like the new kid, that's my college campus. Oh, all these women want me like my name was Channing. Tate them, I don't even take them. Y'all can't, I'll still have them. Like I got my own. Re kill man, man, still want more. Niggas move fat, talking about they poor. Niggas be broke, talking like they own. Really care what I would say though. They changed itself for conversation. Last year I just had to lay low. Now pass the torch like hot potato. Cause I'm on it, take the green line out west to Austin. Just the best projects is the chronic. Like an earth freshman, how I'm locked in, I'll be in. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being accepting. My name is Seba, I'll see you guys later. Oh. What can follow that? Nothing, nothing, nothing can follow that except for another couple cases. And then, and then Seba's gonna come back. We'll hear some more later. So another round of applause. But Gene. Yep. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in Chicago that needs to be... What is going on in Chicago? Stuff. <laughs> there is a lot going on in Chicago that needs to be resolved, yeah. justice-wise. I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you, you opened a door that you we really, we really can't close in, I don't in this wanna, segment. I don't want to go through no. like that, but I'm gonna, I'm, luckily, I'm here to solve Chicago. <laughs> yes. I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, how, let's keep justice going then. Yeah, with, with the, our the segment. The one that we can handle with a segment called Swift Justice. That's right. So we have three cases, Gene. Yes. And we're going to hear them fast. Fast. Fast, and gonna, fast. And, we, and, and Gene, I'm going to say put 10 minutes on the clock. Okay. I'm going to dispense justice in three minute and 33 second chunks. It's very with ambitious. one second left over. I can do math too, sir. <laughs> Woo! Gene, bring out the first litigants. Okay, we've got Jane versus Carla in a vacation dispute. I'm starting the timer right now. All right, you guys are automatically sworn in. Which one of you is Jane? I'm Jane. Which one of you is Carla? I'm Carla. Who brings this case before this court? I do. What's the problem, Jane? Well, Carla and I um, have been friends for 100 years, and- I doubt it. Only I am an immortal wizard. Oh, sorry. And I, I don't remember seeing you back at the 100-year party. <laughs> okay, well, 
A long no time friend. No more right. for me, that's right. for sure. Um, and we, um, our sons, who are both 20 and away at school, have been best friends their whole lives too. So we are sort of in that kind of, you know, we're coming upon that empty nest time, which we're both, you know, bittersweet, kind of celebrating, kind of excited, mourning. Excited, excited. Yeah. You got, I can tell you right now, you guys are going to have the time of your well, lives. Well, see? This is just my feeling. This is my that's feeling. That's why we're here, Judge, because we decided we wanted to take a trip. Yeah. And so I would, I'm so I would go a million different places. Um, we both like to be active and be outdoors. Sure. Go for a hike, go for a great, you know, end with a martini at the end of the day. You know? Ah. Um, done. Ordered. Okay. <laughs> All you had to say was martini. What's okay, the problem? I don't well, understand. Here's the Carla, problem. Carla, what's the problem? So go. I'd like to go someplace where we cannot be reached by our employers. Okay. And that usually precludes cities, liquor. So I'm trying to get to go someplace like British Columbia. Let's go to Canada. Go to Canada? Right? Like right. out in the woods, um, someplace where they wake you up at dawn and you go swimming with whales and your boss you want a can't nature, call you. You want a nature Canadian vacation. And I want to hide from my employer. Are you, do you need help? <laughs> blink, blink twice. Yeah. It's a podcast. They won't know. Yeah. No, I'm good. Okay. Well, no. I, uh, I, one I, blink, okay. one blink only. Okay. Judge, I, if I may, I think that she's downplaying the way she's presented this. It was more like an ashram where we were going to have to yes. do yoga every day and oh. you know, drink kale juice and... You know, and I, I, I don't have anything. I knew I was going to look bad. I knew I was going to look bad. I no, just, no, it's, I a, just, it's a different, it's a different style. Just, Where do you want to go, Jane? Oh my gosh, I'll go to, I go to Vancouver. I want to, I want to go someplace where we can hike and eat great food. And I would go to, I've, I've never been to Nashville. I've never been to Paris. No, I have been to Paris, but I would go again. Um, I'm open. I just don't want to be doing yoga and not having a cocktail at the end of the day. You know. You know I'm with you on this one, Jane. I, I am there also. But I think that a uh, period of self-reflection is also good. I think that uh, I think that Vancouver and British Columbia is the the correct mix for you guys. Half your time will be spent in Vancouver partying hard. The other half will be meditating quietly in the woods. I don't mean to split it down the middle, but you're obviously good friends who want very different things. And if this friendship is going to survive your empty nest. As, as you go forward together in life as effective friend spouses, you're going to have to learn to compromise. So ordered. Thank, Thank you. you. Jane versus Carla, I 150% would watch this sitcom. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, next. Y'all get your pilot scripts ready for Jane yes. and Carla. It's the new Kate and Allie. You guys are adorable. And next up, Emily versus George in curse word dispute. Oh, okay. This is a curse word dispute. I think I know who Emily is. Say hello, Emily. Hi, I'm Emily. And George, say hello. Hello. All right, by saying hello, you are automatically sworn in. You have to tell me the truth. Uh, are you related in any way? Yes, George is my father. Let the record show that she lied. She is actually his daughter. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, and you bring George to this court against his will. What is the problem? So this case is regarding the F word, fart. That is not what I normally think of when you say the F word. I agree. Except is, What is the problem exactly? So my dad, for as long as I can remember, finds so much joy in farting in the faces of my siblings and I. <laughs> He's laughing let, just thinking about let it. Let the record show that Daddy George made a face as though to say, what's weird about that? Nope. <laughs> George, you will eventually have to talk on this podcast. How do, you how do you respond to the accusation that you like to fart in the face of your children? That's not the, that's not the case. Your I don't care. I want, to, I want to know whether this happens or not. Maybe once or twice. You have farted in the face of your children? In the direction. In the direction? In their general direction? Nerd. Yes. At what age? Oh. Emily, what age are you now? I will be 30 next week. Oh, happy birthday to Thank you. Thank you. Merry birthday. <laughs> All right. So, is he still farting in your face? Is that Absolutely. the problem? Absolutely. Well, there, believe it or not, there's a different problem. That is also a problem. All right. Uh, how how so, deep does this abusive relationship go? <laughs> so, 
When he does this, obviously we're, we respond with something like, ew, stop farting. Yeah. And he immediately turns solemn and he tells us to stop swearing because he thinks fart is a four-letter word, like any swear. I see what you're doing, George. And I don't believe... And it's a nice play. Yeah. It's a great play. I don't believe it's a four-letter word. I also don't think he really believes it's a four-letter word. Rather, it's a 30-year-long weird dad joke that he will continue on forever, unless there's a ruling in my favor. Okay, George, you're under oath now. Do you... Do you believe that F-A-R-T is a swear word? Is that a cuss word? Yes. You feel uncomfortable saying it? I don't say it. You just do it. (laughs) Well, yeah. He's a man of action. In the immortal motto of the megaforce, deeds, not words. That's for one person in the audience. Look it up, megaforce. That's a movie. All right. You're not just saying that it's a four-letter word in order to F-word in your daughter's face and then pretend that that word is unspeakable so she cannot defend herself. No, it's, it's the word. There are lots of words you shouldn't say. Like what? The house. Oh, the other four-letter words. Okay, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, fart is not a cuss. <laughs> it is. You know, we don't, we don't cuss on this podcast, right. but I will say fart all day long. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when we don't have a good case, I just say fart, 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 fart. Let's see what I, I contend... I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. What I contend is that there are better words than fart. Than what? Than Fla- that word. Flatulate? Oh, you said it! Hey! All right. I was coerced. Let me tell you, let me tell you this. Breaking all social norms by farting in your children's face... <laughs> And then turning around and saying, you're not allowed to say the word fart. That's, that, that kind of gaslighting is no good for our president and it's no good for you. I find an Emily's... Fair play, Emily versus George. Get All out of right. here. We saw what you were doing. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Coming up next is Kari versus Carl. Kari versus Carl. And the veggie burger dispute. Now, I'm going to tell you guys right now, that fart talk went a little long. We've got two minutes to talk about your veggie burger. Kari, say hello. Hi. Okay. Say whatever you want then, I guess. (laughs) Carl, say hello. Hello. Yes, right. By saying hello or hi, you are now automatically sworn in. You have to tell the truth. Kari, you bring this case against Carl. What is the problem? Here's the deal. Every time we go to a restaurant, Carl orders a veggie burger because he's vegetarian. Good. I also am vegetarian. Let, the, not... lec- let the record show that Carl waved to the crowd, virtue signaling his vegetarianism. Yes. Well I'm done. also vegetarian and have been for a longer period of time. Let the record show that the crowd did not applaud her because of misogyny. A white man gets credit for something that a woman never would. 
problem is I never order a veggie burger because they're gross. Mm -hmm. Carl orders a veggie burger every single time, doesn't like it, and eats my food instead. And in the rare case, the rare case that he enjoys the veggie burger, he's concerned it's too meaty. 299 points of data and now 300, all pointing to the inevitable conclusion, Carl, that the wife is, or girlfriend is correct and the man is a monster. How are you going to convince me otherwise, Carl? Go. Um. <laughs> no pressure or anything. Just relax. It's all good. Uh, I don't always order a veggie burger. I'm something of a foodie, so I um, <laughs> don't. It, <laughs> so. How dare you, Chicago? <laughs> Look around. Look at yourself before you boo a foodie. Max Fun listeners, you listen to podcasts. Come on. You're at a live podcast. Yeah, you're at a lot. You're at a full day podcast Come festival. On. <laughs> and you're going to be like, oh, I'm not a foodie. I know what you are. I know all of you. All right. You got time. We're over time. No, you got time. Oh, you got a little you time? Got all right. Minutes. So. Sometimes you order a veggie burger. Yes. And it's, would you say it is 100% unsatisfactory for you uh, or 99% uh, unsatisfactory? 99. Have you, what's a, tell me the story of the best veggie burger you ever ate. Um, there's a little, there's a place. Uh, Go ahead, a, you can say the name of it. It's Mana Food Bar on Division. All right. It's, uh, but there's sliders, so it's mostly bun and. It's mostly pickle. bun, yeah. but you, you really liked it. Yeah. And you've been chasing that veggie burger dragon, trying to get it back every time. <laughs> yeah. And you can't get it back. Well, it's also, um, it's, you know, for lunch, I would like to order a burger, you know, because I want to have a beer with my lunch, and I can't have a beer with a salad. So. You know, guess what? You can. Guess what? Sometimes you can just have a beer. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you accept the accusation that you are eating Kari's food after you order your veggie burger because you find it unsatisfactory. Occasionally, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, Before you, may you do order that, go ahead, please. Might I make a suggestion? Please. As you just showed me today, yes. either on Grubhub or Seamless, there was a restaurant with the description only of oh. alcohol slash salad. <laughs> to which I immediately responded, they made that for me. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. I, I, I'll tell you what, when we get off stage, I will look up uh, on that popular uh, uh, remote the thing, ordering the one that I, website that we mentioned right. already, Seamless, and I will uh, I will look that up I'll look that up again, and uh, I will tell you the name of that restaurant that says <laughs> its description <laughs> is simply alcohol, <laughs> comma salads, <laughs> and you may go there. But until then, you may only order the veggie burger sliders from that place that you mentioned, Mana, which I guess is pretty good. And from now on, find something else to eat. Don't eat your friend's food. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. that's it for Swift Justice. Swift Justice! Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing as we welcome back to the stage our musical guest, Saba. Saba will be touring the United States and Canada starting in March. Bucket List Project is available on iTunes. For tour dates and more information, visit sabapivot.com. That's S-A-B-A-P-I-V-O-T.com. And keep track of Saba on your social meds at Saba Pivot, ladies and gentlemen, make a lot of noise for Saba! Cause and effect, a doobie's packed and they fat. Now you call and collect. They booby trapping the trap. The police pulling the pulley, you fall for it, you silly. Putty, you out of shape. Fuck running, you catch a case. I can't relate to half of my relatives. My genetics is felony, buying law and reselling it. They told me tell a story. I'm like, why not mine? Should everybody taking pictures? I'm like, why not vine? And growing from the ground up, it look like I'm a vine. 
It's rarity in my realness. Yeah, I'm a fine diamond in a rough tight, rough tight, rough house in a row house like rugby. Lovely when you hit a lick, little kick like Chun Li. Funny kids that I hoop with all in county, county. Black bodies hunt them down, look like bounties. Bound to be on the block a little while longer. They your homies, this one homies. What don't kill you make you stronger. Call Obama, Jesus, Jesus. He can say Chicago from the demons and the deacons when it's the end. Yeah, dodging precincts and pretense. Let's pretend we're privileged, not deceased. Addicted to the life in the wrong church, church, liquor stove, corner stove, dreadhead, deadlift, ditto, tiffo, tiffos from Cicero to Central. Was told let it go, didn't know who hit though. Now that's church, barbershop, bottle I got from the liquor stove on Cicero, I ain't 21, but you didn't know. Chicago, let me hear y'all make some noise. Bad habits of wrong places at wrong times. A straight bullet will take your firstborn like the tenth plague. I'm the new fair on my phone line. Forever open for prayer. The fallen soldiers ain't fail. They in my pen and I do thank God. They say preach like Kool-Aid high. From beginning to end, that's Alpha and Omega. My city the same ghost that made Lupe cry. Soon as you loosen up your grip, you lost and lose your life. I loosen the dread from every time I gotta watch the cigarette smoke from out of my head. Like how I'm not dead, going on 20 soon. They say I changed, that's a 15 room. I'm still the same kid that didn't speak when we were in the school. I just got a mic now, I turned to a real nigga. I just knocked the white gal and fuck who you think I sound. Like I'm a legend in the making, like the director's cut it by legend and I'm fed up with the fuck comparison. These niggas don't got the truth that y'all won't do, they think I'm lying, they plan a trip to Chicago today. I was 15, they was fucking with me. There's no logic in law. Chicago here in the street. Funeral home, church, church, liquor store, corner store, dreadhead, daily, ditto, silo, egg, chalk outline, sketch. It's not safe outside when they want your man. Now that's church, bottle shop, bottle I got from the liquor store on Cicero. I ain't 21, but you didn't know. Chicago, let me hear y'all make some noise. Make some noise for DJ Damage one time, y'all. Again. I want to say thanks again for having my name is Saba. Saba, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. That's so great. Saba's album, Bucket List Project, is available anywhere you stream music. He's also going to be headlining a European tour in October and November. For his dates and more information, visit sabapivot.com. And keep track of Saba on social media at Saba Pivot. Thanks so much to our pal Jean Gray for filling in for me on short notice. You're the best, Jean. She's on Twitter at Jean Greasy and on Bandcamp at JeanGray.Bandcamp.com. If you want more Judge John Hodgman and Jean Gray together in a live setting, they are performing their new show, John and Jean, at Port City Music Hall in Portland, Maine on August 10th and at the Bell House in Brooklyn on September 27th. We also want to thank the litigants for joining us, as well as Eric Westra, Shelley Steffens, and our friends at Talia Hall for help in putting the show together. John Barr named the dispute Seeking Redress. This episode was recorded by Matthew Barnard and produced by Jennifer Marmer. That's about it. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.